Hello, friend. Welcome. Come on in. <laughs> Hi. Welcome back. I hope you're ready. Today is an action-packed article. Now, I believe we last left off with a tentacle rising up out of the water behind La Rosa Blanca, which means that we're going to hang out in the writer's room while we set up the action sequence. So I'll not delay any further, because we need to get cracking. <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't resist. Uh, <laughs> oh. <clears throat> Article 17. What lurks beneath. Welcome to the action sequence, guys. Patrick, I'm sorry. Yep. <laughs> He's so mad. Fuck me. Oh, fuck me, fuck me, Lord. fuck me, fuck me, fuck me. Now, I want you to take an octopus. Deep purple in color, ombreing into pale grays on the underside of its arms where the suckers are. Where the eyes are, put two extra sets of eyes above it. Now I want you to take the mantle, which is the head of the octopus, by the way, and I want you to layer that in spines, like you would find on a dragon. And then I want you to take a long mohawk of spines, starting from in between the eyes and growing larger as it reaches the middle of its head and then tapering back down to the back of its head, like a segmented fin, something that you would find on a lionfish. And all good things come in threes, so throw some spines all along either side of its mantle. Its tentacles are pretty normal, save for the fact that the last four rows of suckers have spines in them. And for good measure, throw some spines in between all of its arms. As for size, take a man-of-war ship and put it on the Kraken as if it's a hat. And that ship isn't moving because it is impaled. And the only way it's going to come off is if the Kraken tips its hat to you. But it's more likely that it wants to replace its old beaten hat with a new one. So the Kraken's head is out of the water, as well as one tentacle currently. It has risen one out of the water to smack your ship and hopefully replace its old hat. So how are you approaching this? Wayland? Finesse and aim. Yeah. Wayland is just locked in. He is looking for any weak points that he might be able to find. It's eyes, any wounds that I might see on it anywhere. It opens its maw and just bullets down the throat. Big fan of that. Time for Wayland to show us the ghost across the planks. The expert marksman, yeah? I am going to do my job and nothing else. I love it. Jesse? Okay. Big thing is currently we're not being held, right? No, you are not being held. We're still moving. You are still moving. Right. My goal is to maneuver the ship in such a way that whoever needs to fire off cannons and harpoons and small arms can do so cleanly and clearly while also avoiding cracking tentacles. So, with him recovering from his 
concussion, he feels like he's in a better headspace to have some fancy wheel work. He's going to steer this ship the best way that he knows how, so that everyone else can be as efficient in their shots. And he's going to keep this ship so steady. You've got your job, which means that they can do their jobs better. I love it. So I'm going wits and sailing with his newfound wheelman advantage. And I also have my quick reflexes in sailing. So I move on a faster initiative. That you do. Both of you take two dice for flair. Thank you. I love to see it. Approaches are done. Let's gather up our dice. So wait. Yes. Would you consider this a physical risk while on ship? Yes, I would. Great. Zoe. Yes. I'm just running through advantages real quick. Patrick? Yeah. Sea legs? Oh, yeah. 100%. Aragost and ship, shall you automatically get one raise? I have something written down for signature weapon that I might want to use my hero point on immediately. For our lovely listeners, the signature item that Patrick is talking about is Grela, the long rifle that Wayland carries. And while Wayland is using Grela, Patrick can spend a hero point to have her appear in the next scene if she gets lost or stolen, grant him two bonus dice on a risk, attack a foe to deal wounds, or prevent a number of wounds equal to the raises spent plus his highest trait. However... He has to describe how the rifle helps him. Is that worded in such a way that I could prevent it to somebody else? It does not specify a target. So, yes, you can. Okay. Evan, what do you think is going to be most advantageous to this? Not dying. That's important. (laughs) Sure. My highest trait is four. And with aim, I've got eight. Then I've got two for flare. Then I've got one for sea legs and one for the Aragost in background. You have one raise. I have one automatic raise. Yep. Just take that die right out of the pool and make it a 10. I also have plus one die because right now I'm using Grela. Yep. You're using your long rifle. So you get a bonus die thanks to your sniper advantage. If I were to switch weapons to my pistol, could I still use the dead eye advantage to roll another die I don't see why not. You're using your guns. You don't have to be limited to one style of gun. So I'm rolling 12, and I have an automatic raise. So did you want to spend the hero points to grant yourself two bonus dice right now? Or not? Fuck it. No, no, keep it. You want me to keep it? Keep it. Yeah, Evan's right. When we get to hero points, then you can spend it. Evan, what is your pool looking like? So, I have ten dice to roll and one raise. Three for wits, three for sailing, two for flare, one for wheelman, one for sea legs, and one automatic raise for the Ergustin fortune. And just so we're all on the same page here, this Kraken is a strength 10 monster, which means it is beginning its pool with 10 dice. Oh, God. Okay. And because I really want you to know the full scope of how awful this monster is, it has aquatic, which means it has five extra dice whenever it's in the water. When it's in the water. When it's in the... When is it not in the water, Zoe? There are some more terrifying things to learn about this Kraken. However, I will get into more detail on the next notes with the narrator involving monsters. 
moving right along, I have consequences and opportunities to give you. I'll give you the bad news first. The consequences present in this action sequence. It's a Kraken. It's got eight arms. It's going to use those arms to attack your ship and maybe turn your ship into a new hat. Watch out for tentacles. Watch out for shrapnel. Fuck. We about to get hecked up. But opportunity is those tentacles are going to be close to your ship. If maybe perchance you want to jump on to one of those tentacles, you will double the next instance of wounds you deal. However, you will take a dramatic wound when the Kraken eventually decides to yeet you. You will be yote. If you decide to fire special artillery at the Kraken, i.e. harpoons or chain shot, they have certain effects. If you use chain shot, it will tangle up two of the tentacles that are present, and the Kraken will have to wait two actions until it can untangle those tentacles, which means the Kraken cannot attack you for two actions. If you fire a harpoon at the Kraken, you then hook it, which allows you to go back and forth between your ship and the Kraken. However, that also means that the Kraken can then sever that hook. Other opportunities and consequences may arise during fighting, and I will be sure to tell you when they do. And moving on from that, now it is hero point time. Jesse, because you have Valiant Spirit, you have two, you son of a fuck. Hell yeah. And Wayland, you have one. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of going into this with the expectation that I'm going to take dramatic wounds at some point, because that seems sort of inevitable here. And I do have my hubris. Really, really helps with that. For those listening at home, Wayland's hubris is part of the Arcana the Drowned Man being doomed. He can activate his hubris when he takes one or more dramatic wounds and gains a hero point for each one he just endured. Although that worries me. <laughs> I'm about Skyward. Don't be, because I'm going to use the hero point to help you out. Okay. How are you helping? Jesse and Wayland at some point have sat around a table during a nice night at the Bucket of Blood. While they were drinking, Jesse has regaled Wayland of all of the tales that he's heard of the Krakens. Or of the Adabansi. He's told him all of the encounters, however many that Jesse has had before. And he's telling him what to look out for and what to be prepared for. I love that a lot. So take your three dice, you little baby boy. Gladly. My sweet love. So you've got 14 dice and one automatic raise? No, 15 dice and one automatic raise. 15 and an automatic raise. I did my math right. Uh, I want to help you, but I also want to do other stuff that'll also help. I want to help you, but I want to be really cool, too. You guys are rolling so many dice. There is no way you won't get at least one remainder, which means... Highway to the danger point. (laughs) That's true. I'm rolling so many dice. I'm sure I'm going to have something extra. And 15s make two raises for you, so you might have even more remainders, which means more danger points. I know. (laughs) All right. Tell me how you're helping. Let's go. Jesse. Yes? Over the time that we've known each other... You've seen Wayland use his staff a number of times. The staff is made out of bone that in any other circumstances would have broken. Fashioned to the hook is a giant claw. You would have confidence in seeing the look on Wayland's face. Your partner in this will not falter. And you can rest assured your marksman will get the job done, whatever that is. 
Hey, yo, Waylon knows how to fight monsters. <laughs> Jesse definitely sees Waylon's steeled person right now. He's very, very focused. Take your three extra dice. I have 13 and one raise, as well as plus one to my initiative. Yes. Longtime listeners will appreciate that. Looks like it's time to gather your bones. The crew has to roll as well, right? Yep. Captain has to roll for the crew. It's 10? Technically 12. So you could roll 12 dice and see how many raises you get, or you could just take half, which would be six. I think we'll take six. Is it six each? No, six total. And you have already split the crew into two jobs, so you could split it down even more. So three and three. Three for sales, three for culling crew. Got it. All right. Let's hear those bones rattle. Oh my god, I need two hands. Oh my god. Roll them bones. Look at how many bones I got, guys. I got lots of different bones. I also get bones. Joey, you only get one bone. Only one bone? Yeah, one bone. No. Yeah, we we don't want to die. No. One bone, please. Technically, octopi are invertebrates, so you got no bones. Oh, you got no bones. (laughs) I knew I should have picked a different sea monster. (laughs) I'm going to spend my one raise that I already have to make that cannon. You ain't got no bones. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Okay, hang on. God, now I have to count F. Gah, so many ones. Yay. I got a lot of races, y'all. Ooh, I'm excited for that. I'm having quite a few myself. How many? 11 raises. 11 is with the plus one, correct? 12 raises, one remainder. There we go. That's what we like to see. I am buying that fucking remainder. Gimme. Of course. I'll take the hero point. I'll take a danger point. Jesse, what do you fucking got for me, bro? Uh, nine raises, no remainders. But I do sailing stuff at 10. No remainders. I got one automatic 10, rolled three tens, two and eight, five and five, six and four, eight and five, nine and six. Get at me, son. Killing me. I wish I could call this Kraken out then all of those dice could be raises. I don't know that the Kraken gives a fuck. For the record, the Kraken has six raises, and each tentacle, once it emerges from the water, has six raises. I think the Kraken is all out of fucks. Fuck me. Yeah, no, no, it's fine, whatever. Can I spend a raise off the bat to say that Wayland has two pistols on him? You have as many pistols as makes narrative sense. Because I don't believe in equipment. You are a kind and generous DM. You say that now. You threw a kraken at us, Zoe. I say that with some understanding. And just to show you how terrifying this kraken is, I will post its death spiral for you to look at. For our lovely listeners, it will be in game props if you wish to use this kraken in your own game. Oh, no. oh my god, that is so many wounds. If you look at Jesse the wrong way, he's going to be out of commission for a month. That's the point. Shall we begin? Let's get into this. In the onslaught. Wayland, you've got 12 raises. Begin the fucking shitstorm. If I can do this in rapid succession... Spend as many as you would like. Cool. First raise, shoot the aft tentacle. Hero point, a speed load. 
Second raise, fire again. Yes. That's three raises because speed load is you do a single raise instead of the five it would normally take to reload. So that's nine left. Waylon, take the camera. Show us how this looks. Uh, shout up. Raj! You hear Raz hooting and hollering from across the deck as he comes swinging down to you, screaming at the top of his lungs, Wayla, Wayland! As they have done many a time before, Raz swings down, grabs Waylon by the back of the coat, and flings him up in the air. As he reaches the apex of the arc that Raz threw him into, fire, reload, fire again. We follow the first shot as it makes contact, and then the second as it blows out the back. There's now a sizable hole in that tentacle, and there's a deep, deep rumble from beneath the ship. Ross catches him back again and brings him safely to deck, and he sliding spin around to the front of the ship with both pistols out facing the front. Oh, I love it. Brings us to nine, but Jesse acts on ten. Jesse, what do we got after that? Ah, uh, fee, panic. I can feel a whole lot of just a whole lot, whole of, lot stuff. of fuck. Hooking with a culling crew, does that cost a raise? Yes. So I'm spending one raise, two hook. Mm-hmm. How many shots to destroy them? It takes two dramatic wounds to destroy them. So cannons do in this situation. Yeah, that's a good question. Because usually it's ship v ship, but with monsters, how does that work? With this monster, specifically because it's being dealt wounds, each shot is a dramatic wound. And the reason why is because it takes the same amount of raises to reload a cannon as it does a gun. So it's going to take five raises to reload the cannons on one side or the other. So each cannon shot is a dramatic wound. Well, currently each cannon shot is two because it's hooked. Oh. Wait, that's grabbing a tentacle. If you jump onto a tentacle, it deals double damage. For those listening, Jesse is giving me a big giant smile because technically by hooking the tentacle, you have grabbed onto it. Okay, that's fine. In that case, the rose is gonna take the dramatic wound, which is gonna translate to a critical hit. So. Okay, you're fine with that, all right. One raise for the hook. I'll do three raises for six dramatic wounds. <laughs> yeah, okay. And I know that the crew raises are happening later in the initiative, but for this, I think it's absolutely fine to buck the initiative for that. And you can spend crew raises however you wish within the sequence as they make narrative sense. That's so cool. Oh, the GM in me is so sad, but the player in me is so excited. Amongst the chaos that is now ensuing, hard turn to starboard, get a couple of chain shots off. Oh, spending a raise for chain shots, okay. So beforehand, when I said it would wrap up two tentacles, there's only one tentacle right now. So it's gonna wrap up the hook. Oh. So, not only is the Kraken tangled with the ship now, which presents a new consequence for you guys, it has a consequence that it is now hooked and tangled. And it's going to take one extra action to untangle itself. So you've spent five raises, bringing you down to four, but you still act on five, correct? Yes. Okay, how does it go? Charles. Hi, Captain! Get us connected. Toot, sweet sir! 
bolts down the deck towards the harpoons. He runs over to an odd-looking crate, kicks a lever, and the whole thing unfolds to the floor. He begins to turn the crank handle until it finally clicks, and he sits down. The camera swivels because it's on top of the very tip of the harpoon, and it's facing Charles right now, and we can see through the sights that he's just grinning like a fucking madman. There's a sweet spot. Evan, what does the harpoon sound like? You ever heard a crossbow bolt get shot out of a crossbow? That nice metal-like reverberation? I have. Just imagine that ten times deeper. Also a heavily braided, thick rope uncoiling quickly as it goes. The camera, which is on the tip of the harpoon, flies out as Charles fires. The camera falls off into the water, and we watch the harpoon plunge deeply into the tentacle and come out the other side. The camera gets carried into the gun deck as a wave crashes into one of the portals. We see Jory loading chain shot into one of the cannons. Agnes hands him the fuse stick, which is basically just a long stick with a hook on the end of it, and the hook is smoldering, and he waits. Not yet, sweetheart, not yet. All of a sudden, the ship turns hard to starboard. Wait for it. Jory, fire! Camera follows the flames as it lights the fuse follows the fuse as it lights the powder. The tentacle falls back beneath the water. It's still attached to the ship. We hear the terrible creaking of the ship trying to hold the Kraken. Charles trying to keep it hooked. Oi, Captain! Hang on to it, Charles. I have an idea. Pull sails, Raz. Aye, Capitano! The sails drop half a second. Jesse's going to start turning the ship. What I want to do is <laughs> snow speeder on Hoth, tow cable wrap the ATAT walker oh. Kraken with its own tentacle. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to spend a danger point. And I'm going to let you guys choose what happens. Hmm. Bet. What do you got? Charles is going to get knocked off and lose something. Or lose your other harpoon cannon. Oh, fuck the harpoon. Easy decision. Fuck the harpoon. All right. Bye. The see you later cannon. We didn't need you. You dumb. Charles is sitting on the harpoon gun, keeping the tension as you maneuver the ship around the Kraken. Two tentacles erupt out of the water. I have a question. I have an answer. Can Jesse use the updraft as the harpoon is being jostled around and have it, like, aim at the Kraken? Do you have a hero point to spend on your gift? I sure do. Then make it so. Jesse moves his hand with a flick of a couple of fingers. There is a sharp gust of wind that keeps the harpoon gun hovering and then is powerful enough to push it back into place and it goes off as the Kraken's tentacle comes down and smashes against the nose. The pieces scatter and shatter, but the harpoon finds its mark. 
Meanwhile, someone is taking damage from shrapnel. I'll take it. Okay. As the other harpoon gun explodes, a larger piece of splintered wood flings into the air, and as Wayland is aiming his guns, it's going to come down and slice down his back, just leaving this nasty wound. Oof. Big fan. I will give you a hero point if Grela goes spiraling away from you. Yes, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Yeah! The giant piece of shrapnel cuts. You feel it. But the thing that hurts the most is hearing Grela hit the deck. Oh, and scrape against the wood. <laughs> to the other side. Oh, no. Okay, so this is funny because I don't think anybody would see it. Wayland doesn't take his eyes off of the Kraken. Anger boils up. Their eyes begin to glow in the moonlight. This piercing golden yellow. Oh boy! How fucking dare you? Single tear. That's my child. Not my daughter, you bitch! Never speak to me or my daughter ever again! (laughs) Amazing. Okay, we are back up the initiative. Waylon, you have nine raises. Go, Pat. Hey, Zoe. Hey, Patrick. Oh, I got something real funky. What you got, baby boy? What you got? Tell me what you got, boy. Tell me what you got. Two questions. Two answers. One, what does the ship on top of the Kraken look like? You remember somebody very close to you describing what their ship once looked like. It was gorgeous, sleek, beautiful. There were two defining features to that ship. The first was the figurehead. A woman reaching with a clawed hand with a wicked grin on her face. And the second was the black flag. It wasn't technically black. It was so, so dark blue that it only looked black. The skull is surrounded by swirls of Celtic water. Though rotted with water damage and nearly worn away with time, the figurehead still remains though her grin is more of a despairing frown. And when you look up to the mast, you can see the black flag still flies, even though there's barely anything left of it. Oh no. Fuck. Yeah, this thing needs to die. Signature weapon. Deal wounds equal to raises plus highest trait. Is that the number of raises you currently have or the number of raises you had total? The number of raises you spend on that attack. Okay. Remember that if you hop on a tentacle, you deal twice as many wounds. Yeah, that's happening. Spending a raise down to eight. I am spending all eight of my remaining raises. Holy fuck. And my hero point. If you're doing signature weapon, you gotta tell me why she's helping you right now. She's not loaded. I'll tell you exactly why. Swinging from a rope is Raz coming down with the momentum. He snags the belt. Wayland! And tosses. It's spinning. Fuck yeah. Grabs Grayla in like a super 80s album art. Fuck yeah. Lightning strikes. Oh, <laughs> There's a yeah. woman attached to his leg. <laughs> a small little wave comes up and just crashes down. <laughs> <laughs> You're the best. Hurrah! Amazing. Jesse Whalen looks back at you and smiles. Let's get crazy runs, guns in hand, jumps onto one of the tentacles, 
Are its eyes visible? As you swing on the tentacle close to the body, you can see the eye through a ragged hole in the maelstrom's hull. Locke's eyes with the kraken. Thus always to monsters. Fires both pistols. So that is eight plus four, which is 12 and two dramatic wounds. So 24 wounds, four dramatic. Plus a wound from your pistol, plus a wound from your pistol, because they all deal one wound and one dramatic wound. Now the Kraken gets to go, and so don't its tentacles. The Kraken just got hit in the eye. All of its tentacles flail around wildly. (laughs) Fully space plants. Kids, and then catches something with his head and does flip over and just lands on his back. Oh, the box. It's the box. It just like crashes into it. It's just like laying in the box. His feet end up in it and he's just like laying on the deck while his feet are just over the... Take a dramatic wound. I've got splinters everywhere. I'm going to spend a danger point. Uh Uh-huh. And rearrange the raises so all of the Kraken has it now. Okay. The Kraken roars. Tentacles erupt out of the water, left, right, behind, ahead. Several of the arms actually rush to hide the eyes and hold where it hurts. An arm slaps the side of the ship, and before it can tip over, another arm smacks it to the other side, keeping it upright. Every decade Dear life, as the ship is shot, the tentacle that is tangled and hooked cracks like a whip, trapped in both ships flying around wildly. The ocean is splashing up and over the mast. Another tentacle realizes it's still attached, and the tip curls and then flicks like a shot where Jesse is standing. The camera watches in slow motion as Jesse falls backwards. Roz comes out of frame, swings as far as he can, reaching desperately, and then we fall full speed into the water with Jesse. Jesse, before you can recover and break the waves to swim back up, a tentacle wraps around your waist and you get pulled into the depths. We are under the water with you, and the only thing we can hear is the muffled scream of Roz as we get dragged into the dark. Jesse's frantically looking around. His hat is nowhere to be found. You look and you see the creature. You see it from underneath. Its tentacles are endless. They seem to just hang beneath it, drifting in the dark. It is getting darker, 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 and you can feel the pressure of the ocean start to push against your chest. You can hear the water rushing in your ears and your heartbeat racing as you just keep getting pulled down and down and down until you stop. And you feel the tentacle let go. He is panicking. It is dark. It is so cold. And you are not alone. In front of you, a shadow is moving. At first you think it's a rock, but as you come to stillness and you focus, you recognize the silhouette of a person walking towards you. Now because you're panicked, you're blinking rapidly, and every time you do it gets closer, until finally its hand cups your cheek 
Its other hand comes around the side, around your shoulder, and brings you in for an embrace, the hand cupping your cheek sliding to the back of your head. Jesse, you're being held in the gentle, caring arms of a soulless one, and if it could speak, perhaps it would say, it's alright, let it all go. For the first time in a very long time, Jesse feels that desperation fade and the acceptance and can't take a deep breath, but he sighs, let all the air out. He gives in. Before you're able to let go of everything, another hand grabs you by your shoulder and violently pulls you from the soulless one. The hand remains on your shoulder, skeletal, decayed, and grips tightly as we watch the bottom half of a face lean in, the mouth close to Jesse's ear. There is no top lip. There's holes in the cheeks. And when they smile in an almost loving, caring, friendly manner, we can see all of the teeth. And when they speak, it's almost as if there's no effort. As if having a chat on the deck of the rose. <laughs> you know, I ain't done with you just yet. Jesse. Go on. Take a deep breath. <laughs> There's a flash of movement again. And Jesse is alone. Jesse takes a deep breath. He feels it. The water enter his lungs and out. And it's not uncomfortable. And he inhales, but he doesn't choke. Jesse, when you inhale a second time and you open your eyes, we get a glimpse of what you can see. And for some reason, you can now see everything down here as if it were broad daylight. You see the soulless one in front of you, reaching, wishing to grab you. A couple of yards behind it is another one, and another one. And in the distance, I won't call it a skyline, but against a sea line, you see silhouettes of a city in ruins. When you turn around to gain your bearings, you can see at least a hundred soulless walking in different directions. Most of them are reaching upwards, as if they found souls on ships, and were moving to chase them. He looks up, and he raises his hand towards what he feels would be the surface. There is a jet stream that wraps around him, like Avatar waterbending style. There's like a whirlpool underneath him, and it starts to propel him further up and up. As he's being propelled through the water, he is slowing his breath, focused, and he starts to move. And we follow him as he rises from the deep, deep dark, and then it lightens into gray, and then it lightens into blue, and then it lightens into that green, and it lightens into that green-white as he's just ascending through the depths at incredible speeds. What happens when you shoot out of the water? He shoots out at an angle over the rose. And as he's falling, 
he unsheaths his cutlass, a self-propelled spear holding his sword with his right hand, still propelled with this jet of water downward towards the kraken. Did Wayland blow open a Jesse-shaped hole? Jesse-shaped hole. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Stabs the kraken in another eye. The thing wretches and screeches. How many raises are you spending towards that? I will spend four. Guys, it has four wounds left and a dramatic wound before it's helpless. Hey, it's finally time for the culling crew and the sails. Finally. Yes. Oh, they're going to be the ones that kill the crack. No. No, they can only deal three wounds to it. The culling crew is not cannons. That's right. Yes. Sales crew, Mama Coco has the helmet. She and Hawthorne have made a makeshift helm, which is basically just a piece of wood that then turns the rudder from left to right. They're staying on course. They're going to spend three raises for that. And the calling crew are going to spend those three raises to shoot. They're all firing small arms. Blunderbusses. Blunderby. I identify as a blunderby. <laughs> we are back at Jesse with one raise. Oh, yeah. So Jesse pulls his pistol and goes to fire. Because it's wet. Because <laughs> you were just underwater. He holsters it. Spend my last raise. He's going to switch hands. Hold it with his left hand. And with his right hand, he's going to just push the hilt of the sword into the eye as far as it can go with the leverage of him holding on. He's just going to bounce back and forth and just keep pushing it in as far as he can. Fuck. Can I assist with the coolness? Go for it. As you're doing this, it's almost like a saw cutting a turkey. And so as you keep going back and forth, you're like slowly carving it down. Oh, I hate it and love it at the same time. The Kraken makes a terrible shrieking noise that reverberates in everybody's ears and all of the tentacles are violently flailing around. It's a last push and he just pulls the sword out and he falls into the water as it is writhing in pain. We've used that word many times tonight, but it's fitting. And as Jesse pulls the sword out the last time, there is a large chunk of something pinkish attached to the edge of the curl of the hilt. And then all of the tentacles just slip beneath the water. As he enters the water, there is a single sentence that just fills his mind. Well, Captain, take a deep breath. He's just floating, sword in hand on his back like holy shit I'm alive the kraken is helpless cannot escape do you kill the kraken or do you let it go Qui-Gon Jinn once said there's always a bigger fish fuck that kraken let the maelstrom rest in peace Wayland Hmm. I would like to remind you of one of your backgrounds first one and the second one The one involving the preservation of natural wonders? If this thing gets away, will it come back? Who knows? Oh, I... Pat, I have a really great idea. Okay. My idea is that Wayland takes aim 
at whatever vital piece of flesh there is, but instead burns a little bit and shoots the rope holding the black flag and letting the black flag fly into the water. God damn it, that's good. I'm glad you said your thing first. Okay. Wayland has Grela trained on the Kraken's eye, and just as he's about to take a shot, his brain flashes with memory. The last time that he fought a sea monster. That determination, the intent to kill, and then a calming hand on his shoulder. The reminder that, even though it's a monster by technicality, it is still a force of nature. It is not something to be destroyed, it is something to be respected. And as these memories are flashing through his mind, without even realizing it, the aim of his rifle is pointing up and up. And as he comes back to the present, his gaze is on the flag at the top of the ship. And another flash of memories of faces of friends and family and one that lingers. And that face sort of blends from the past into the present, into the visage of the flag of the Maelstrom. A new resolve comes across Wayland's face. His aim focuses in on the last ring holding on the flag by its tatters, and he fires, and the ring shatters, and the flag comes drifting down as the wind carries it right towards Jesse. As the camera is panning away from the ocean, watching Jesse floating in the water, the Kraken is not moving so much anymore, but it is moaning the death knells. From your point of view, you just see the Kraken slowly sink into the water, down, down, and its moans get less and less as it sinks back into the deep. And then the camera lens turns slightly pinkish in hue. Makaro has come out of the water, and their tail wraps gingerly around the body and brings it down below, very slowly, very carefully, as not to jar it. And Jesse can feel the current kind of change a little bit. And then shortly afterwards, we see the shape of Makaro swim back up to the rose. In the aftermath of the Kraken battle, the camera is flying around the deck. We see the captain get fished out of the water, thanks to a massive leopard seal. Immediately, he is assessed by Klaus, but seems no worse for wear. The night hours begin to pass slowly, and we see them in transitions as the camera darts from shadow to shadow. Hawthorne is desperately trying to fix all that the Kraken has wrecked. We see Charles share a word with Roz and Mama Coco, all of them looking concerned, and all of them standing by the railing, watching as something swims by. Then we see Charles having a conversation with Jory, both of them are upset. We see Roz drop down from the ropes and head downstairs to check on Ursa. We catch a glimpse of Mama Coco helping Boots deliver food to those who can't make it to the galley. We find Cosette in the infirmary. While Klaus tends to the more serious wounds, Cosette stitches lacerations and bandages cuts. And we catch a glimpse of Elliot sitting quietly with a lamp beside him, writing down as many notes as he can. 
And finally, as the skies start to lighten from that deep black to dim blue, as the sun begins to awaken, we find Wayland on deck with Hawthorne trying to repair the helm. Before my wounds are in fact healed, can I activate my hubris? Sure. I will turn those into hero points. Wayland, I can't hold this thing all day. Let's go. Yeah, just you, all right. Hold it in place. Move it a little bit to the left. All right. Yeah, right a little bit more. The left or right? Make up your mind. Sink it a bit more into the deck. Right there. We see that green light rush from Wayland's hands as they slap the deck up towards the forecastle, underneath the helm, and thick green vines begin to swirl and multiply as they form the new helm. They turn in intricate circles, form the new handholds by folding in on themselves, and return back to the center, where they all curl into each other, where the wooden rows used to be on the old helm. A large, very real, white rose blooms and opens fully. Yes, oh, Zoe, same brain cell. The camera turns from the beautiful blooming rose to look at Jesse, who is standing beside the newly created helm. You know, this is my helm. You should probably measure it to my specifications, right? Is it too high or is it too low? It's a little low. So Waylon just twitches a finger and the vines raise it up slightly. Much appreciated. No problem, Captain. So I am here. Hawthorne tests it, rotates it fully left and fully right. Inspects it with scrutiny, then stares at Wayland. Guess I'll have to fix everything else to match it now. Sorry. Show off. And they stomp away, mumbling in a language neither of you can understand. Okay. My whole face hurts. Everything hurts. It's killing me, so... I just... Yeah. Yup. That's when you hear from down below. Wayland! I close... So, right now, we're having some downtime. If there is an NPC that you want to talk to, now is the time to do it. You're basically going to have this amount of time until you reach the coordinates. And we move on to the next scene. So, who do you want to talk to? I'm stuck between two. Evan, did you have anybody in mind? Maybe. Maybe not. Did you want to say who yours are first? So that if it's one of the two that I'm thinking of, that I could maybe... I can't read minds. It's not one of the two that you're thinking of. Go for it. Can you read minds? Because it's Charlotte and Charles. Neither. Oh, okay. Charlotte? Is Charlotte with us? Are you talking about Agnes? I mean, not Charlotte. Uh, No, I'm talking about Gazette. Oh, I was like, Charlotte's here? Let's go see her. Little bear. Charlotte? Baby bear. Talking about Gazette and Charles. I get them confused all the time. Can you imagine if, like, you're walking down below decks and you're, like, saying hi to you? Like, hi, Jory. Hi, Agnes. Hi, Charlotte. Charlotte? (laughs) She just pokes her head out of a little barrel. When did you stow away? I just wanted to see if my brother was okay. Oh, no. Oh, God. Charles is going to kill us. Oh, God. Oh, look. It's Jonah and the Black Freighter. What good timing. What good timing! Charlotte, are you an agent of the devil, Jonah? What? No! Not at all! Fingers crossed behind her back. 
He feast on your soul. Before we get way too off on this tangent, they can be wherever you want, but just remember, this is not just a simple conversation. This could be more character building with them. You can find out more about them. One of the people I wanted to just make sure is still alive is Ursa. But I don't think that's necessarily like a long conversation. That's just sort of a, a quick check-in to make sure, unless it is, it does become a long conversation. That's what I'm asking you. Do you want a conversation? It's not just going to be like, hey, you good? Okay, sweet. Awesome. Like that, that's not what we want to see on camera. Ursa, I just want to like canonically check in with Ursa and make sure Ursa's not dead. I can go ahead and tip my hand as a GM, Ursa's not dead. First of all, I would not do that behind any of y'all's backs. Second of all, I would announce very loudly before I attempted to kill anyone. I am. I love these NPCs just as much as you do. I'm not heartless. Me, however. <laughs> <laughs> You're a fucking bastard. <laughs> Can I pull both? Remember, I'm the other voice. <laughs> I just want Charles. Okay. So Charles is down in the med bay. Charles suffered a little bit of shrapnel damage. Nothing as bad as what you did, but he's got some splinters in the back of his neck from when the harpoon was shattered. Klaus is busy pulling splinters out of his back as you walk in. Do you want me to give you a moment? I, I think that would be appreciated. Are you in need of fixing at all? Not particularly, no. I think I'm all right. All right. When you're done, come see me in my quarters. Please, my captain. And he pulls a rag out of his coat. Wayland might want to bite down on that. Right. It's clean, don't worry. I trust you. But he'll wait to watch him put his nose back. Klaus was seated behind Charles with a large pair of tweezers in his hand. He stands up, walks directly over to Wayland, grabs their nose between his first and middle finger, and twists sharply. <laughs> Then he twists it back and motions to the kerchief in their mouth. <coughs> Blow your nose, please. Oh. Oh. It's all blood. It's just blood. Oh, oh, is there a little bit of wood in there, too? Pulpy. Love it. Now that's what I call blood. 185. <laughs> this also is a shared album with Now That's What I Call Gross as hell. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck, Klaus. Danke, Captain. Jensen. Goes upstairs. The camera flies away from Jesse's hat as he leaves the quarters to sit in a corner of the infirmary and look down at Charles, Klaus, and Wayland. How are you, Charlie? I'll be right. It's raining a little bit. Thanks, Sir Klaus. You. Look like fucking hell. I went, don't I? Sound like it, too. Tell me. How'd the dick taste, hmm? It's better than I thought. <laughs> Oddly enough, there was, like, a little zest of lemon. It was quite nice. I do try to keep it fresh. Lemony fresh. <laughs> uh, laughing hurts, but I appreciate it. Klaus always said that laughter is the best medicine, aye? Yavol. Now hold still. Ow. All jokes aside, and barring your all wooden acupuncture, which I'm sure felt amazing and has opened up all the different pathways. I don't know, Klaus. You think I'm all balanced? 
If you keep distracting me, I won't be able to. Now hold still. <sighs> um, Alright. Sorry. It's a long kind of moment where Waylon just sits. Every once in a while, there's a wince and a <sighs> plink from the splinter hitting the metal bowl. So we're going to talk about that, right? Talk about what? Be more specific. Oh, you know, just our captain shooting out of the water like a cannon and flying through the air after what should have been a death blow, after not mentioning anything in the sorcery's charter. Bit of a concern, wouldn't you say? Captain's the least of our problems right now, eh? Waylon's expression kind of drops a little bit. Oh, that's right. You were in that crate. Yes, no, please inform me. Roz screamed Captain Overboard. Before I could stop her, Agnes put on her coat and dove in the water. Do we have eyes on her? Between Roz and Jory, I'm sure we can't lose her. But I'm not concerned about that. Is she alright? Wayland, every time a Selkie puts on their coat, they lose their humanity. The sea calls to them. Now, I don't pretend to know how many times she's put the coat on before, but she hasn't come back on deck. She fished the captain out, brought him up close so that we could pull him from the water. But after that, she... Klaus removes the splinter, but this time Charles doesn't wince. He rubs his hand over his eyes and then down his face in frustration. I tried talking to Jory, but he wasn't listening. Or didn't want to listen. I don't blame him. All right, Charles, I... What do we do about this? <laughs> Hope. Because the last time anything like this happened, I made the mistake of not coming to you, and I will never make that mistake again. Let's get one thing straight right now, I One, I'm the bosun, not the captain. Two, just because I'm from the Glamour Isles doesn't make me an expert in she matters. I I don't know what to do in this situation, other than hope and pray that Agnes will be alright. No, I feel like we need to talk to... I don't know. Yeah. Agnes is a Selkie right now. That's fine. Have a little faith. Maybe she likes us enough to stay. As for the captain's epic fountain impression, who knows why it happened. We got a god pushing our ship right now. He might have blessed the captain with a little bit of flight. Or hell, I don't know what Selkies are capable of. It might have been Agnes, giving her captain a little push. I hadn't considered that. You know what your problem is? You ask too many questions at once. And once you start asking those questions, you start thinking. And you keep thinking and thinking until you start second guessing. And once you start second guessing, well then you just start questioning everything. And once you start doing that, that's when everything falls apart. Well, and there ain't nothing more deadly or dangerous on these seas than a person who starts questioning themselves. No, you're right. I need to stop that. It's gotten me in trouble one too many times. I'm not saying don't think. I'm saying don't get lost in your thoughts. If you think about it, it's a lot like the she and magic. Take things in moderation. Aye? What do you know of sorcery? Charles. <laughs> they all got a cost. Some are easy to pay. Others, not so much. 
We haven't really talked about where you grew up in the Glamour Isles. I'm assuming Innismore, but I didn't want to be an asshole and just be like, ah, you sound like you're from Innismore, and so you must be from Innismore. Well, how could you tell? Must have been my thick Innish accent. People think I'm from the Highland Marches. Nah, I wasn't born in Innismore. Born in a little town just outside of Carleone. The capital of Avalon. Lived there with my parents till I turned 20 and Charlotte was born. The camera watches as Charles's face hardens, his brow furrows, his hands begin to clench. He seems to be caught by a memory until he sighs heavily. Our parents passed, and it was up to me to take care of Charlotte. I did what any orphan would have done. I took to the streets. I found there was money in fighting, and I did that for a while, until I got so badly hurt that I... Couldn't lift a finger to protect her when she needed me. So I sought the she, and I made some deals I shouldn't have. And some deals I should. Turns out, Radford family's got reputation. And I was owed a favor. Managed to weasel my way out of my deals. And I took Charlotte and left, first chance I could. Hmm. You and I have a lot in common, Charles. Do we now? What, you got a little sister I don't know about? No. <laughs> Not that I know of. I grew up under similar circumstances. Very similar places. To the point where I'm wondering if we've ever crossed paths before. We might have. I don't know. How old are you? I think this year it'd be 29. Not really sure when my birthday is. Oh, I don't know. I'm going on 35. Wait a minute. You don't know when your fucking birthday is. I was an orphan, Charles. Why would I know when my birthday was? Charles is about to breathe in an answer, and then his brows ease, and he looks at you with a sad expression. You never knew him, did you? Never did. Shame that. Sorry. Not much to change there. I mean, thought about him for a while. It's the same thought that every orphan has, right? The ones that didn't know their parents. Are they looking for me? Did they die? Did they give me up? It's all just sort of useless to think about, to be honest. I wouldn't call wanting to know who your parents are useless. I just, I don't know. After a while, it stopped mattering. There was a wonderful older gentleman who took me under his wing and gave me a home. That's the one that matters. It's the family you chose. Makes life easier sometimes. You don't have those connections necessarily to blood that might go awry. You get to be very choosy with who your family is. Too right. That reminds me of something Charlotte always tells me. Everything happens for a reason. There's a phrase that my dad taught me. My, not my, my dad, obviously. Charles's hard stare returns, and this time it is pointed directly at Wayland. Man takes you under his wing out the kindness of his art, and he's not your dad. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wayland's got a big smile on his face. The phrase that my dad taught me was that the world is rarely so lazy. Coincidences are usually never just that. Too right. Too right. Alright, I just wanted to run it by you because I was feeling weird about it. But now I feel better. Well, I fucking hope so. We're in the med bay, aren't we? Klaus laughs, pats Charles on the back. That's, that's, alright, alright, as tender. Charles puts his shirt back on and 
stands up. Anyway, your turn now. You ever need to talk about anything? I'm here, you know that, right? Of course, brother. I love you, Charles. And I, you. He holds out his fist and wraps knuckles with you. Oh, oh, Sorry. That was a bad idea. I sometimes forget that my fists are, in fact, rocks. It's less that, and I think the deck acted as a meat tenderizer. That'll do it. Anyway, if you'll excuse me, I have to see a bear about a couple of statues. And you can go ahead and set the kettle for tea. Because we ain't done talking about weird shit. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be some of that later on down the line. <laughs> Every time I step out and get a job, I always end up with the weird ones. You might be minorly cursed. Charles's eyes widen and they stare down at Waylon. I'm saying it in like the, the hyperbolic sense. I don't mean it literally. I mean, although... Oh god, am I fucking cursed? Maybe we should get this checked out. Like... Charles rushes back over to Klaus. Klaus, you said you could cure curses. No, I know. Can't do anything for curses yet. I'm working on it, so over. Can you see if I'm cursed? Can you tell? Charles sits down where Waylon was and begins to ask Klaus as many curse-related questions as possible. The camera, which was sitting up in a corner, flies through the infirmary, out of the door, across the gun deck, up the stairs, and now we can see Topside, where I believe we find Jesse. Jesse, on the way out from the infirmary, he's going to peer over the side, see... When you peer over the side, do you have the Heart of Matters? He's always got it on him. He's not using it currently. So actively, you can just see these waves moving. In the deep, you see this large shape swimming around the ship. It passes several times, and you distinctly see the image of a very large leopard seal. You see the gray coat shimmer beneath the waves, is anyone looking over the railing with him? Roz is up above, and he's got an eye out, obviously. Sure. Jory passes by you a couple of times, because he's also watching. And whenever Agnes goes out of sight when he's at the bow or at the stern, he actually runs faster so that he can get to the other railing and catch her as she's coming around. As he goes to pass Jesse, Jesse reaches a hand out and he puts his hand on his chest. Jory stops. Ah, hi, Captain. You all right? I was about to ask the same thing. Fine, yeah, Captain. I'm fine. Everything's fine. When the camera looks at Jory, we find that his face is, of course, covered in soot. There are thin lines everywhere, as if he has smeared it in certain places on his cheek, on his forehead. But he's not looking at the captain when he's speaking. He keeps looking over to the left of the railing, and then his eyes will go up and around, and then he'll look to the right. And then they'll follow something invisible, and then look to the left again, as if he is following Agnes in his head. Absolutely perfect. Everything's fine. Yeah, I'm fine, Captain. I'm just I'm real worried about Agnes. They're not fine. No. No, I'm not. I'm not fine. Jerry, it's okay not to be fine. No, sir, that's where you got it wrong. Yeah, It's not okay to not be fine. As a Master Gunner, I'm supposed to be fine. I'm supposed to be fine with everything. I'm supposed to be fine when we're out of powder. I'm supposed to be fine when we're under attack. I'm supposed to be fine when- Jerry. Jory finally looks at you. Hi, sir. Look around. Jory does. What do you see? I see a ship. And all us. And the ocean. And the horizon. What do you hear? Jory closes his eyes. The creaking. The ropes. The wind. The waves. Right. Jory, the guns aren't firing. We're not shooting. 
and be taken care of by everyone else down there. Hi? Hi, sir. It's okay. Take a deep breath. Jory takes the quickest deep breath he possibly can. Jory. Hi, sir. That's an odd, uh... <laughs> Jory inhales deeply, holds it for a few seconds, and then lets it out. And have you going mad if you're my master gunner. That's kind of the last thing we want here, right? Jory nods and takes another deep breath. And on the third inhale, his eyes open and he's looking up at Jesse and they're glistening with tears. Smart, Jory. Can I speak freely, sir? Please? Hi. You may. Okay. I'm still new to all this. What just happened was real crazy. The Kraken's eye was bigger than our ship. No, I'm no stranger to monsters. I understand that we're in the sea of monsters, but we could have been killed. We could have been crushed. And it was worse that you almost were. You were in the water. One minute I got Rose swinging above my head saying that you went overboard, and then the next minute I see Agnes leaping over the side of the rail. And all I could do was watch as she jumped. I was too scared to do anything else. And after watching her put her coat on and, and change like that, I, I can't even describe it. It was so terrifying and beautiful. I uh, Captain, that's not a point. I can't think about anything else. I can't think about the guns. I can't think about all the things that we need to do. All I can think about is that she's still in the water. All I can do now is watch as she circles the ship. I don't even know what she's doing down there. You're already up here. I don't know why she's still under the water. I don't know why she's still circling. I usually talk to her after a stressful battle, especially after something as scary as what we face. But she's not here. The tears finally escape and leave clean streaks down his soot-smeared face. I'm trying, Captain. I tried calling her name and she's not answering. I tried talking to her and she's not responding. Charles tried to tell me that she's not going to come back up on the ship and I told him that he's a liar. That he doesn't know what he's talking about. That of course Agnes is going to come back. She has to come back. If it meant that I had to train every single one of those cannons down below for her to come back on this ship, I would. Because she means that much more. I'd do anything to get her back. Jari, you're allowed to be upset. That's okay. That's what makes us who we are. Right? Aye, sir. If we bottle that in and hold it for too long, start to burst at the seams and you lose who you are. How'd you know that? Yari, I've been sailing these seas longer than you've been alive. I, too, have seen a lot. I've witnessed a lot. I've lost friends. And I've seen them change. Jesse points out when the water is over to swimming shape. That right there is your friend. She has not changed. But, sir, I saw her. She... she... Just because the physicality of someone has changed doesn't necessarily mean they've changed. She is exactly who she was. But why did she have to keep it a secret? She could have told me. People hold a lot of secrets, and sometimes those secrets are dangerous to others, or more so to themselves. But I can't say for sure what she's thinking or what she's going through. She cares incredibly about the rest of the crew. She cares very much about you. Jory is calming down. We can tell because he's taking deeper, longer breaths and smearing underneath his eyes across his cheeks. <laughs> She's got a funny way of showing it. Jory. Aye, sir. Would you like me to go down there and talk to her? The easier mind. I think... 
He wipes under his eyes again with his arm. I think in talking to you, I realize that I might not be the only one scared of losing their friend. I think she is too. I think it might be best if you go and get her. I'll do that for you. As he pulls his hat off and puts it into Jory's chest, he pulls his coat off, also hands that Jory, along with his gun and his sword. I'll be right back. Aye, sir. And he starts going down the side of the ship on one of the rope ladders. The waves are splashing, but it's not as if the ship was causing the splashes. It's actually kind of calm as you're sailing through. And Agnes's shape comes around the ship. Agnes! It swims alongside. It doesn't breach the surface just yet. Jesse reaches down and puts a hand in the water. lets his fingers go with the tide and the waves. There's a hesitation. Every once in a while, the shape will move closer and then move away. And then moves closer and then moves away. Jesse doesn't move. Agnes's shape swims very close to you. Her nose is about two inches from your hand. Doesn't phase him. You feel very carefully her nose touch against your palm. Push it a little bit. He rubs his hand along the top of her head very calmly, very much focused on just being able to connect with her. She moves away from you lifts her head up out of the water and jerks it up twice and then dives down below. Her form disappears beneath the waves entirely. He hangs out for a moment. He looks around and starts climbing back up. And then as you climb back up over the railing and stand back up, there is a splash. A form leaps out of the water and lands on the deck. It is huge coming out of the water, but then when it lands on the deck, it's Agnes. And then she takes the coat off. It shifts and shimmers into the shell that she has and she puts it in her pocket. It's so fucking cool. Welcome back. She does not hesitate and instantly runs at you and tackle hugs you into the railing. Oh. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, nice to see you too. Uh, he holds her very tightly. She's breathing heavily, and then she releases and steps back and salutes. As he reaches out to Jory to get his coat. Jory brings you your stuff. He wraps it around Agnes. Agnes looks at it, looks at you. I'm glad you're safe. As you. Thank you for saving me. I didn't do nothing. You were gone before I hit the water. That's your fault. If you see so. Kraken's a right bastard. She takes the coat off and hands it to you. It tasted like shit, too. <laughs> Agnes walks away as if nothing happened. Joy looks at her and then looks at Jesse. Jesse takes his stuff and flicks his head over to her direction in a, yeah, go get her, tiger. He runs back over to her as they step below deck. Wayland, as you're coming up top deck, a soaking wet Agnes is being followed by a happy excited jory seeing agnes out of the water and back in her form just big sigh of relief it's one less thing to be anxious about as they pass you you hear joy ask so did you bite it then is that how you know what it tastes like <laughs> agnes rolls her eyes but at the edge of her lips is the smallest smile wayland walks up to see Jesse just holding his coat and his hat just in his hands and cocks his head a little bit. Huh. 
Having an eventful morning yourself, Captain. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Mm. Got Agnes back up. That was... That was nice. Good. Good. Jory was beyond worried. Young love. I kind of figured something like that was going on. Yeah. Well, she's been down there since last night, so... I heard she uh, jumped in after you. I don't really remember all that much, but I think she pulled me back up. Hmm. How are you holding up? Ouch. It's about how I'm doing. We look worse for wear, so... <laughs> Aye. How are, how are you? You went below the drink. It must have been fun. You're alive, which is kind of the thing that matters. Uh, he looks at his arms and his hands and his legs and his chest. Yeah, uh, as far as I can tell, I'm still alive, right? <laughs> you look it to me. I went pretty low. I think I saw pieces of their ruins down there, too. Thanks, Jesse. I'm not exactly sure what happened, but I took on a lot of water. Um, surprised you're still not coughing it up, to be honest. I, I heard something down there. Oh? What did you hear? And from who? And from what? Not entirely sure, but it was someone who wanted me to continue second chance hmm what do you make of it things are gonna get more complicated from here good no great awesome klaus would say wunderbar yes he would what did you want to talk about by the way other than just checking in i want to show you something no right come on and he starts heading over to the quarters Wayland will follow after. We follow Jesse and Wayland as they walk across the deck. The door to the captain's quarters opens. Jesse ushers Wayland inside, and then it closes on us. Well, that's not ominous at all. I know you want to be in the room when it happens. Trust you me, friend. We will know what is said behind those doors. Next time. Not every cliffhanger needs to be a sudden drop. <laughs> we'll see you soon, friend. Be safe and well. <laughs> <laughs>